Hi everyone, this is C-Prop in North Carolina for Hacker Public Radio. I would like to thank everyone at HPR for the great service that they offer and allowing the community the freedom to report on tips, tricks, news, apps, and everything a hacker would find interesting. Today I'd like to talk about how I arrived at Linux. It was in the summer of 1999 and I was invited to a friend's uh, for a frack fest. And if that term seems a little bit antiquated, I'm trying to set the mood here. At any rate, I arrived the day before to help uh, my friend get some stuff set up. The tables, chairs, chocolate-covered espresso beans, the essentials. While we were setting up, my friend who was hosting the party started telling me about an operating system that he was really getting into called Linux. And after getting all the gear set up and the tables and everything ready to go, we ventured into the world of Linux. My friend's computer was running a dual boot up with Windows 98 and... uh, something called Mandrake Linux and if the timing I would think that it would be somewhere around probably Mandrake Linux 6 which was uh, according to uh, Wikipedia is was called Venus and when I first saw it the look of it was incredibly fresh and clean and it was so eye-appealing and compared to the Windows 98 that I was running in that gray toolbar and those wonky icons that were so looking back it was just it was just horrible seeing Mandrake Linux for the first time and all of the sparkle was amazing and I couldn't believe it so at that time I had just bought a new computer and it was probably maybe a month prior to the Fragfest and I was just starting to get digging into it and at this time you know the the internet was still really new so I was still on dial-up and didn't have a whole lot of power and I remember the computer that I had was at that time was top of the notch and it was probably it it was maybe a Pentium 1 with maybe I'd say 256 meg RAM. Um, I do remember that it had an 80 gig hard drive. And at that time, I thought that that was just mind-blowingly large. So what we had done while we were there um, that night for the FragFest, uh, the next day we had partitioned my hard drive, the 80 gig hard drive, and we partitioned it and started to install Mandrake Linux. And... I don't remember everything that happened, but I do remember running into all kinds of problems. There was something every few minutes. It was like, oh, it didn't work. Oh, it didn't work. Oh, and I was just standing by the wayside just like, well, make it work. Uh, But I do remember in the end, my friend had to make a floppy disk for a boot. So whenever I would boot, I would just, uh, you know, turn the computer off, flop in the floppy disk, flop in the floppy disk, uh, flop in the floppy disk and uh, boot the computer and it would boot into Mandrake Linux. And it was amazing. Uh, I remember, you know, clicking on the icons and stuff and it was just so fresh. Uh, At that time, I was, like I said, still on dial up. So in you know the early 90s late 90s even um modems and linux just did not play well and i never was able to get it working at all 
so I was never able to get online with Linux. And so I would boot the computer into Linux and I'd mess around for a while. Um, another thing that I remember about Mandrake Linux at that time is that the right click menu, the little context menu, when you right click on the desktop and you would look for the features like you would look for the apps or whatever, um, whatever showed up on that menu. I remember that it would be a flyout menu and it would fly out always to the right. And at that time, the menu, when you would fly out to the right, if you were too close to the edge of the monitor, the menu would go off to the right because it didn't know to go off to the left because it reached the uh, XY coordinates of the monitor. So that was really strange. Um, but, you know, I worked around it and whatever. It didn't really bother me too bad. Um, so it was still really a downer that I couldn't get onto the internet. And so I would just, like I said, just boot into Linux and mess around for a little bit. But then I would just eventually just wind up booting back into windows and go online and do whatever else I was doing. So that ha that went on for a while, kept doing that. And I never really upgraded, uh, Mandrake. And then a couple of years later, after that, I had upgraded the computer and had a larger hard drive and upgraded to Windows XP. And since I had a larger hard drive, I decided to go ahead and you know, repartition and put Linux back on it. And at this time, I had met someone that was also into Linux, um, and he knew quite a bit about it. And he offered to stop by the house and install a different version of Linux called Slackware. And, you know, it was really interesting. And, you know, I would download a package of something that I wanted to install. And I would run the typical commands of configure, make, make install. And um, it, it was really, really kind of nice. It was, you know, it was like, wow, I'm really getting into this um, techie stuff on this computer now. Um, but after a while, it started to kind of get on my nerves because, you know, I would go through this whole process of, it's like, oh, I want to download this package and I want to install it. And then I'll go through the whole process of the configure and the make. And then all of a sudden a bunch of errors and it's like, well, now what do I got to do? Now I got to go find this other program and I got to download it and do the whole thing over again. And then, you know, it, I probably went through this for maybe about a year and, I just kept doing it anyway, trying to run something and trying to install it and see if it would work. And eventually I would just wind up booting back into Linux or booting back into windows rather. And, um, then it was maybe sometime around maybe a year later, um, cable internet actually came through my area. And when I found out about it, I was like, Hey, I will upgrade my internet from dial-up to cable modem. So I was finally able to get online with Linux and it was, it was great. Um, it was just, um, nice to be able to actually use the same software like web browsers and stuff to get online and check email and stuff like that. Um, and after a while of using Slackware, Slackware, I was getting pretty tired of compiling packages and, um, just, going through the whole three thing, you know, the, the, the three command uh, deal. 
So after talking to some friends uh, that I had made along the way, um, they had talked to me about Debian. And Debian had this ability that had a repository of software that you could choose from. And it was real simple to install. You just issued a couple of commands and poof, you had the software that's ready at your disposal. And it did all the work for you. And it was, it was, I was like, wow, I can actually get some work done and not have to worry about, oh, well, I don't have this dependency. And now I don't have this dependency. And now I'm going to, all right, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm done. So after a while of doing uh, Debian for a while, um, there was a new version of Linux coming out that was kind of based on Debian. It's called Ubuntu. And it was nice. It was, you know, it was, it was very up to date and Debian was kind of, you know, out of date for a while. So I ran Ubuntu for quite some time and I can't remember when it was, but, um, I I guess it was sometime around maybe Hardy is when I started running, um, Ubuntu and I started using Kubuntu because I like the KDE interface better. Why? I don't know. Um, so I started running Kubuntu. Well, it was around this time that I started running Kubuntu that I actually had a new hard drive. So I had two of them. So talking with my friend again, he said, you know, what would be even better is that if you kept your windows on one computer or one hard drive, and put Linux on another. Then when you boot, you'll have a menu option of which one you want to go to. I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. So we set it up. And after a while, I started becoming really more comfortable in Linux and such. And so I think it was, you know, a new version of Linux had came out. A new version of Kubuntu had came out. And I was like, oh, it's time to upgrade. So I went and downloaded the ISO of the new version of Kubuntu. I cannot remember what version it was, but I downloaded it and popped in the disk, started going through the installer. I chose my hard drive that I wanted to install it on, went through the whole process, poof, I'm good. Let's go on and play with this new version of Linux. So I turned the computer off, popped the disk out, booted up the computer, went right into Linux. Hmm, that's strange. Let's try this again. So I went in and I unplugged the Linux hard drive and I booted it up. I'm back into Linux. I was like, what in the world is going on here? So I switched the hard drives around, booted up the computer. I'm still in Linux. What I had actually done was install the Linux upgrade onto my Windows hard drive. Wow, what a bad mistake. And that right there was the last time that I ran Windows. And that was the last time that I did not make a backup of all my files. And that's how I came into Linux. And I've been running it ever since. And that was probably eight to maybe 10 years ago. And I have not looked back. 
And every time that I have to go into work and I have to run Windows, I cringe at all the things that I have to do to make the stupid computer to work. That's it. I appreciate everyone listening so far. I hope you had a great listen. And again, if you are a listener of Hacker Public Radio, I would greatly encourage you to be a contributor. Thank you very much. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.